0: continue to pray for Heather and her ministry. It is a very special ministry um, of all the people that I know of, and unless someone can correct me on it. She's the only one from this church who has been steadfast and continued in the ministry um, overseas for, how long has it been? Eleven years. Eleven years. Amen. I think that that kind of encapsulates, you know, nobody, you can't do anything in 11 years and not make an impact. Praise the Lord the way she's doing it. So the Lord is really using Heather in her place. And she's worthy of our prayers and support. And I'll even just throw it in just for the sake of discussion. uh, Financial support, which is something that I think you have to look at it for what it really is for what she's doing and the sacrifices that she has made um, for the sake of being obedient to God. And I think that's something that's worthy of paying attention to and remembering her at every given moment. Um, i, I got to tell you something. Um, if you are a member of this church, and I say this uh, if you're a member, even if you're not a member and you're considering membership, I want you to feel really good about where we are as a church. And the reason why I say that, and I say it um, with a humbleness, is that the Holy Spirit is really working in concert with all teaching and all preparation Everything that's being presented is being presented because the Holy Spirit is giving guidance and direction. The information that's being shared, that was shared just now, um, in Sunday school this morning, and the message today is all right in line. And I cannot tell you, I have lost count the number of times that this has happened. I started writing this sermon a week ago. And here comes Pastor Gus this morning talking about the church and talking about one of the very important parts of the church is that it sets a standard. And doggone it, the message today is about standards. So I'm just rejoicing. I mean, that is just the most amazing thing to me. So if you hear something like this and you're paying attention to what's going on here, this is a really good place to be. If you know the Lord is speaking in this church, this is a good place to be. It's a good place for you to be, and it's a place for you to invite other people if you want to feel confident about how God is using this church and speaking to its people. I was very convicted about a year, year and a half ago about the importance of preparation of the members for being able to go out and speak as far as discipleship is concerned. And that is ongoing, and that's continuing. And praise the Lord, it's going to happen. Praise the Lord, we're going to be able to worship and praise him for what he's doing for this church. When he uses the word remnant, he means it. We are a remnant, and we're going to continue to be a remnant um, for those who truly are seeking him. And I just pray that you remain faithful. I think that's the only thing that I would take away from all this. Stay faithful. And that's hopefully what this message will convey today. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Father, we just thank you and praise you for how you are using us, for how you are speaking to us, for how you are encouraging us with your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what your word says to us. Lord, help us to remain faithful. Help us to remain true to you. Help us to remain obedient to what you have to say to us. Help us to continue to conform to your will in all things that we do, whatever we take part in. And we give you praise and thanks and we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Many people regard the following passage of Scripture as an important belief. And they probably don't even know that it has biblical application. I'll give you that passage. It's Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6, and we're going to look at verses 19 and 20. And I'll explain why. There's a lot of people out there in the world today that actually perform according to this passage, and some of them probably don't even realize it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. I'm going to look at uh, the uh, English Standard Version of this passage. It says in verse 19, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought With a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, how are these people, and I mean people from all over the world, how are these people following this scripture as what we would call a tenet? Or or a tenet is a very important belief. Well, there is an ongoing emphasis of health and wellness today. And many people exercise on a regular basis and watch what and how much they eat for every meal each and every day. So they're really paying attention to this very issue. There are virtually no arguments against following a healthy diet and living a healthy lifestyle. Both promote a life of greater energy and endurance. Now, if you're like me, I love bacon, and bacon is delicious, and bacon is tasty, and bacon is crispy. Now, I know the a lot of saved are going to come because I'm talking about bacon. But I think everyone would agree that you can't eat bacon every day for every meal because it won't be good for you if you did that. So I treat it as a treat because that's exactly what it is. I'm not going to deny I like bacon because a lot of people in here like bacon. Amen. When they're hollering from the other side of the curtain, that's not the Lord speaking, that's somebody else. But we understand that it's very important for us to make sure that we live as healthy as we can. That means we have to watch what we eat. Amen. We can't overeat. We can't stuff ourselves. We can't act like we're turkeys ready to be cooked for Thanksgiving. We have to watch. So a lot of people have embraced this healthy lifestyle. And it's good and it's something you should do. And not just what you eat, but even working out, even a little exercise. You have to make if you're going to live this way, you have to make a firm commitment to do this in order to make it work. You can't just do it one day and then slough off the next day. It has to be a consistent effort. When you feel like not exercising, that's probably the very time you should go and exercise. Amen. Amen. This commitment for good health is setting a standard, a standard that is worth keeping. Good health comes from following this healthy standard. So in order to recognize or acknowledge achievement, you need to have a basic set of standards. From those standards, you have a baseline for performance and expectations, and you can set personal goals... To measure your progress. What's one good personal goal that some of us have? To lose weight. Amen? Don't get too quiet now. Because it's not always easy to do that. But even if you can't lose weight, exercise, stretch, do the things you need to do to stay limber and watch what you eat. Because I realize sometimes losing weight, when you get up to a certain age, and ladies know about all this, I won't dwell on it, it gets hard to lose weight. <laughs> a lot of agreement there. But you still should do what? Watch what you eat and stretch and exercise. It takes commitment, it's a standard you have to follow, and you've got to keep working at it. Now, we are often judged on our performance in many areas of our life. Amen? Amen. We're judged that way. It certainly has application as to how we perform as Christians, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Our standards that we have to live live by are already in place. They're already in place. The Bible sets the standard. Amen? The Bible sets the standard. And there are expectations when it comes to the implementation of God's Word throughout your life. Bottom line, we as a people, we as a church, we as the body of Christ, we must have these standards. We have to have them. Problems for us in life occur when we fail to recognize standards and baselines. Failing to acknowledge these issues as a believer in Jesus Christ, I'll use this word, is tragic. It's tragic. Whenever you are outside of God's will and not willing to follow those standards in Scripture, that's a tragedy. And it's an ongoing tragedy. To know who Jesus Christ is and fail to make an effort to live for Jesus Christ is an ongoing tragedy. Scripture implores believers to stay after it, stay the course, fight the good fight, and I'll add the words, don't give up and never give up. To give up is to give in to Satan and give in to Satan's treachery. Remember what Heather was talking about? Satan's telling her, go home, do this. God's saying, hold on. What am I saying to you? You can either listen to Satan's voice or listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you, Jesus Christ speak to you. Let's take a quick look here at Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look at the first two verses. We have to have standards. And in having those standards, we need to understand that God gives us the ability by imploring us and encouraging us to stay after it. Because he knows it's tough. He knows it's tough for us because we're flesh. He knows that we need this ongoing encouragement in Scripture. He gives us the ability to do it. But we still need to be encouraged to do what? Fall in line and do it and meet those standards. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1, this is the English Standard Version, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice how in this passage he's giving you a reason why you stay the course. You stay the course because of what he did and endured for you. We need that reinforcement. We need to be reminded of this at all times. What you do is for the sake of what Christ did for you. It's all about running the race. Now let's take a look at Acts chapter 20, verse 24. We need to be in the game to be able to win the game. And that's what this is all about. You need to be involved in this running of the race and staying the course. Acts 20, 24 also addresses this very thing. It says, But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course, And the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now notice that the attitude that you have to have to follow these standards we're talking about is a humble spirit. You're giving of yourself to do this. Look what it says. I don't account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. That's sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. That's giving of yourself for the purpose of what? Finishing the course. Running the race and finishing. Notice how when people run a marathon, they may take five hours, they may take ten hours, some have taken as long as 15 hours, but the most important thing is finishing the race. And if it were me, if I were able to walk across that line in 40 hours, because that's probably what it would take for me to do a marathon. All I can say is, I finished! That's what it's all about. Flip over to 2 Timothy 4.7. 2 Timothy 4.7. In order to win, you have to participate. And when it's all said and done, you look at this verse, and this is what you hopefully can say when all is said and done. 2 Timothy 4.7 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Remember that word, faith. That's going to be very important in this whole process. In order to finish that race, you have to have faith. This attitude, these three passages we just read, is a selflessness. That means that you will not give in to the flesh or fear the fiery arrows of Satan's attacks. Satan has some fiery arrows. Hot and flaming. And he will attack you. You can read about those fiery arrows in Psalm 76.3 and Ephesians 6.16. Being a believer means trusting in the one who overcomes the opposition. The shield of faith stops... The fiery arrows of the devil. The shield of faith. We have to have a shield. And it's based on faith. I kept the faith. Stay the course. Keep the faith. We can't give up. We cannot compromise on God's standard. God's standard requires reverence for who he is. If you don't have reverence for who God is, you ain't going to follow any standards. If you don't recognize who God is, standards don't mean anything. Our greatest flaw in the flesh is that we think we are God sometimes. And whatever you think goes. So you have to say, die to flesh, live for Christ. As we learn more about who he is, Jesus Christ, we recognize that we must live by faith and not by sight. Amen. You live by sight, I promise you, you will not follow his standards. You won't. Living by sight means you live according to what the world presents. And I'll add to that, you in your flesh will see the world in your own way. Both of those are contrary to God. As it is stated in 2 Timothy 4.7, we must keep the faith. Keep the faith. Now for those who don't know Jesus Christ, failure to acknowledge him as Lord is nothing short of catastrophic. It requires a baseline that means that you need a savior, you need forgiveness, and that you desire freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from the world. Freedom from slavery. Take a look at John chapter 8. We're going to look at a portion of verse 34, the second part of verse 34 through 36. A lot of people who are non-believers don't think they're in slavery. But in reality, they are. They're in slavery. And for all the talk that we, as black people, have talked about slavery over the past 200 and some odd years, a lot of us folks act like we're still in slavery. You know why? Because we're ignorant. We have folks who don't even know who Martin Luther King is. That wasn't that long ago. We have to understand that if ignorance is a big issue here, but look at what it says in this passage. Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Our biggest issue as a people, and I mean everybody, is sin. We're slaves to sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. So for a non-believer, just acknowledging Jesus Christ is Lord of life, in your life, that's freedom. That's freedom in itself. Once you become a believer... You now have a new set of standards. Remember, when you were a non believer, you had your own standards. You had your own way of living. You had your own way of doing things. But once you become a believer, now you have a new set of standards. You transformed yourself from being dead in Christ because you made a decision where He gives you with His grace and mercy. Now you are alive in Christ. Big difference between being dead and being alive. Amen? A new set of standards sets up your progression in Christ and for Christ. But you have to accept and follow these standards. With Jesus Christ comes a standard. A baseline, Scripture, the Bible, and the ability to live a life of obedience in Christ. Without standards, baselines, or whatever you want to call them, there will be no progress, no measurement, no achievement, no success. No success. If you can't measure it, how can you say you're successful? You can't. Now, Jesus Christ tells us that he is easy and his burden is light. That's in Matthew eleven thirty. 30. He's easy. His burden is light. And he refers to himself in this way because being a Christian today can be very, very difficult. If you try it in your own strength, you will fail. His standards are clear for us, but the flesh makes our efforts to follow them much more difficult. In our own efforts, his standards and baselines for achievement are virtually impossible. In our own flesh, we will never meet his standards. Amen? You won't do it. He wants to be able to bless us with obedience, but it's really important for us to look at it this way. We have to have faith in order to meet his standards. And why do I say that? Hebrews 11.6 says it very loud and clear from the NIV. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith has to be In the picture. Without faith, there cannot be a standard with which we can achieve, grow, and excel. Because it is not your own achievements, success, or accolades that come from serving God. It's because He enables you to be successful. He's the one who makes you successful. God is not going to use a person who's fleshly to point to him. Fleshliness always points back to who? The person. He's the one that enables you to be successful. And you know what? Your success is his success. When you're successful, He's successful. He knows what He's doing. Amen? He knows what He's doing. He knows what He is accomplishing. He is glorified when we stand in the gap before Him. Stand in the gap. Where does that come from? Ezekiel 2, 22, 30. Standing in the gap. How many of us know what that means? Standing in the gap. In this world, there are a lot of gaps. Where we're just waiting for someone to step up and do something. He is glorified when we reach out to those who are less fortunate. Deuteronomy 15.11 talks about how the poor will always be among us. And not just poor in spirit. But poor people. No money. Nothing. He is glorified when we reach out to those individuals and help them. And sometimes I think they're there because God wants to see his people work. He is glorified when we maintain a lifestyle that honors him. How do we maintain a lifestyle that honors him? We're obedient to him. We listen to him. We pray to him we allow the Spirit to speak to us and we move accordingly as an individual and as the body of Christ within a church. He is glorified when we abstain from sex before marriage. I say that and something came up as I was writing this that was very interesting. There was a comment that someone wrote on Facebook. I don't know about that Tim Tebow guy. That Tim Tebow guy, he must be gay. Because it doesn't seem right that he is holding back from having sex before marriage. And the reason why that was written is because the person could not understand how a person could think that way. Now, to the credit of some folks who read that post, they went back and said, well, maybe you're jumping the gun a little bit. Why do you think he's gay? He's making a commitment. And what it comes down to is that a lot of folks don't understand stuff like that. If you're in the world, you have a totally different way of thinking about it. But you glorify God when you abstain from sex before marriage. That's a sacrifice, certainly. But what a testimony it is about God. Because as you know, Tim Tebow is just flying high and going strong. He's playing baseball now. Did you know that? He's in baseball. Made a commitment. Started in the low class A league. You know, it's Tim Tebow. He doesn't have to do that. He's got money. But he also knows that everything he does is a testimony. That's cool. God is glorified when we take a stand for him. Take a stand for him. Don't allow the world to bully you into doing something that you shouldn't do. Take a stand for him. These are standards that we're following. Jesus Christ wants to see your success as you remain faithful to him. He provides the standards and he helps you with setting your goals and expectations. Now, we all should have goals and we all should be shooting for something. What's the whole purpose of study and preparation if you don't have goals? If you don't have things that you're achieving? You should be able to know If the Spirit is speaking to you and giving you guidance on what to do, He's going to give you that guidance. You have to be willing to do what? Follow the guidance and listen to Him. Why do we need goals and expectations as believers, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you. Because we need to find ways to do what? Measure our progress. Well, now you'll say progress with what? And I'll say, being an effective disciple for Jesus Christ. That's a good measurement. Being an effective disciple for Christ is what you're shooting for. How are you shooting for that? You just keep going after it. Keep reading, keep studying, remain obedient, follow the standards put forth in Scripture. After Jesus Christ spent time with his disciples... He turned them loose on the world and told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now this was after months of training, counseling, and personal reflection. He just didn't get them together in one day and say, okay, y'all go on out now and do it. It took some time. It took preparation. Clearly, when he first called them together, when he first said, come be a fisher for men, they don't know, what does that mean? What does that mean? They had to have time with him to find out what that really means. What we've been doing over the last few years is preparing. You've been studying. You've been looking at God's word. The disciples themselves had to have months of training, counseling, and personal reflection. This training established what? Jesus Christ's standard for living. A standard for living. Jesus Christ, in his word, gives us the standard for living our lives. He understands us. He knows about us. He was without sin, but he can emulate. When he talks about things like temptation and having a way of escape, he understands that about us. Praise the Lord. When it comes to your personal study and preparation, your personal relationship with Jesus Christ means everything in your success. Everything. He enables you in the power of the Holy Spirit to be successful in your efforts to live according to His standards. We need his help. We need his help. Amen? We have to have his help to live those standards out. Your success means that Jesus Christ will be glorified. That's what it's all about. That's what all the testimonies you hear are all about. Christ is being glorified. It's not anything that you can do on your own. As a reminder, our success does not mean perfection. Amen? Because we ain't perfect. We ain't perfect. Our success is defined by being able to run the race and keep the faith. Run the race and keep the faith. Will there be issues as you run the race? Amen. Yes, there will be. As you're running in that race, what do you have to watch out for? Potholes and loose pavement and gravel and stepping in holes if you're running through the grass. What happens if you step in a hole if you run through the grass? You could turn your ankle. There's all kinds of things that happen as you're running a race. Shoot, you can do that walking. Then you have to be running anything. There's all kinds of things that we're going to encounter as we run, as we move ahead. Note that the disciples and everyone before them and after them had failures. They were people too, just like you and me. They had failures. Failures happen within the midst of our efforts to strive for success. Not every business created was successful, some have failed. But sometimes you learn something from those failures. You learn how not to make the same mistakes. And you do it better in the future. That's what we're all about. Our failures do not define us. Amen? We are not a people of failure. They don't define who you are. Our success is what people see when they fight the good fight and keep the faith. Our failures move us to prayer and seeking after him for forgiveness and mercy. Because, let's face it, sometimes we have to just get on our knees and ask for forgiveness and pray for mercy. Well, obviously, if you're asking for forgiveness, that means what? You're acknowledging what? Failure. Sometimes the worst thing is when you fail and you don't even acknowledge it. Keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Notice how a lot of sometimes life philosophies get joined into this here? A lot of this is stuff that God is giving us for lessons to learn. Even in our faith, these are lessons that we learn. Our failures move us to prayer, seeking him for forgiveness, for mercy, For understanding, for clarity. Our desire for success and meeting his standards for living drive us to move forward. That's why we said earlier don't give up. If you give up, the game is over. You don't give up, you keep trying the Holy Spirit's going to enable you to get it right. He'll help you with that. Now, this might come across as something like a motivational speech. It sounds like it, because I just wrote this as a side note as I was writing this. But there's one important difference between this and any other motivational speech. Most speeches put the focus on yourself and yourself alone in trying to rise above adversity and achieving at a high level. This message centers on success because of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. A lot of motivational speeches don't talk about Jesus Christ. But you recognize because of your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you are successful because of of your faith and trust in Him. Not on your own efforts. And that your success means that He will be glorified and not yourself. Not yourself. I mean, I can drop all kinds of names of motivational speakers. Tony Robbins. But I won't drop too many names about that. Because you've got to understand where that's coming from. A lot of people make motivational speak. I'm a motivational speaker. And what they do is they go out there and they want to sell books and book a bunch of appointments to get money so that you can hear something that tickles your ears. Amen? We can even make an argument that some, of the, some people who have called themselves in churches come across more like motivational speakers And Neri mentioned a name about Jesus Christ. Your success in Christ means that He will be glorified and not yourself. If you're looking for self glorification, this is not the message for you. You're living in His image making a pact with Jesus Christ and working within the body of Christ with a focus will make a difference in a world that is constantly searching for meaning. And this world is always looking for something to understand what's going on. And someone said this morning, the church is a refuge. It is a place where you can come together with like-minded people who can encourage you And help you to sort things out when it comes to your own faith. Jesus Christ will be glorified. No matter what happens. It's happened in the past. It happens today and every day. And it's going to happen in the future. Because every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? It's going to happen in the future. That's a prophetic statement. It's happening where he's being glorified now because someone is living according to the standards that he's put forth in his word. Someone is making the commitment to live according to the standards of Scripture. And they're doing it every day. Someone is standing in the gap. Someone is reaching out to those less fortunate. Someone is making the commitment in spite of opposition or temptation or ridicule to live a lifestyle that honors Jesus Christ. Someone's doing it. Now, will that someone be you? Will that someone be you? Will you be the one that stands in the gap and upholds His standards? Your study, your prayers, and your reverence for Jesus Christ reflect your commitment to Him. It takes guts to live for Jesus Christ. It takes guts. Charles Stanley said it this morning in a little commercial of his. It takes courage to follow Jesus Christ. Thank goodness that the Holy Spirit enables you to do it. It takes guts to live for Jesus Christ. Your guts for His glory. Your guts for His glory. if you don't think you have given as much as you can to uphold God's standards, won't you make that commitment today? I've said this before. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. If you don't think you've been doing enough, if you think you're still not ready, pray for guidance from the Holy Spirit to help you to get ready and do the things we've just talked about. Make that commitment today. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you for how you encourage us with your word, how you give definition to our lives with understanding through the power of your words through the Holy Spirit. We thank you for helping us to see the direction you give us. We thank you for giving us understanding on how we can be a light in a world of darkness. A light wherever we go, no matter what we're doing. We thank you for how you present us before others as being that light. Help us, Lord, with the words that need to be said, the commitments that need to be made, to help us in faith to remain focused on you, obedience to you, listening to you, sharing with others how you have blessed us with your presence. Not with material things, but with your very presence. We thank you for those opportunities that you'll bring forth before us. To stand in the gap and help others that are less fortunate. Lord, we want you to be glorified in all of these things. And we thank you for those opportunities and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. It's interesting how we look back on our lives and understand how thankful. We should be. And For those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that's going to be very difficult for you. You don't have a baseline. You don't have a way of measuring it. But I promise you, once you make that commitment to Jesus Christ, He gives you that standard that will help you to be successful in your life. And not successful because of money or gifts or things like that, but successful because He's going to be the one who's glorified. Continue to pray for those people you know in your life that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep them in prayer. Remember them. Remember them every day. God's working. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray for now the uh, offering as well, too.